O'Connor Orchid Estates Apartments, located in the center of the small town of Reading, Ohio. It is widely regarded as the world's most haunted location. Join world-renowned paranormal investigators Abigail Reynolds and Michael Colby as they immerse themselves into every aspect of life in this building and expose the truth of its horrific history. Join us for My Creepy Haunted Life. Jack Billings presents Haunted Apartment Complex starring me, <laughs> Jack Billings, obviously. Damn it. How did you even get in here, Jack? Let's get spooky, crew! <sighs> Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Haley. Catherine. Do you know how we got our podcast started so fast? How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app? Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically. And yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor. Wow. They're more dependable than anyone in my life. So, I mean, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you guys are interested in starting a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A N C H O R.fm to get started. Thanks. Hey, what's up, you guys? It is time for some campfire stories. And please remember, if you have any scary stories you'd like to be read on Campfire Night, please send them to our Instagram at Saturdays are for the Ghouls or to our email, Saturdays are for the Ghouls at gmail.com. So sit back, relax, and let's listen to some scary stories together. Next week, Haley will be back with us. But until then, we will see you in your nightmares. These stories are read with the contributor's permission. Some stories originally appeared in the listener episodes of the Identity Podcast. I was 12 and living with my dad. My parents had divorced at the time, and I was split between two houses. When my grandmother on my father's side passed away, he inherited her house. It wasn't long before we moved from a crammed apartment to a three-bedroom house. It was cool having all that space, and I immediately claimed the third bedroom, the one in the attic. It was brighter than all the other rooms and had a large window looking out over the neighborhood. We settled in and unpacked. One night, a few months after that, I woke up in the middle of the night to a scratching sound. I couldn't hear the sound, but I could see where it was coming from. I scanned the room, but I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. I closed my eyes again, and I tried to go back to sleep. Suddenly, I felt air on my cheek, and I opened my eyes again. There was a solid black figure standing over me, close enough that I could feel its breath on my face. I tried to move, but it felt like I was frozen, and I could only look into whatever this dark thing was. 
It only lasted a few moments, but it was one of the most terrifying things I'd ever experienced. I was afraid of everything as a kid, especially horror movies, so I know I didn't watch something before bed that would freak me out. The next day at school, I told my friend what I'd seen, and she said she's seen him too in the past. I grew up in a haunted house in Connecticut, so I expected the same environment, if not more active, when we moved to Salem. In my old house, objects would move on their own, and I'd see shadow people around the house. From what I could tell, there were two spirits in the house, one a motherly type and the other a small child. When I moved with my family to Salem, I was pretty sure that I'd see things immediately. I've always been kind of sensitive and houses have always spoken to me one way or another, so it wasn't an outlandish assumption. For months, nothing happened. We unpacked and we started school while my mother started a new job. We'd relocate and my father worked on a few issues the house had. He painted the trim and rebuilt an old shed on the property. One fall evening, as we sat watching the news, I felt a sudden chill and went to my bedroom to grab a sweater. I tore apart my room looking for a throw that my mother had knit for me. It was a pale blue color and it had been my birthday present, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I settled on a hoodie instead and went back downstairs. The following day, my mother was looking for a necklace that her mother had given to her but it was nowhere to be found. She asked me if I'd borrowed it, and I hadn't. My father started to lose tools. A circular saw one week, a box of nails the next. Some of my books disappeared, and my mother would start losing kitchen items like bowls and cutlery. We all felt like we were going insane because we were the only ones in the house, and we kept asking each other if we knew where something was, only to get a no answer over and over again. One day after school, I came home to a bunch of police cars in the driveway. My parents wouldn't tell me a whole lot at the time, but my mother did tell me that my father had come back from the hardware store to find a guy in the backyard trying to break into the shed. He confronted him, but the man ran off. He called the police, and when they got there, they did a search to see if they could find the guy. They noticed a spot around the side of the house where some decorative lattice had been moved aside under the deck. When one of the officers shone his flashlight there, he saw blankets and a bunch of other items there. He pulled out my blanket and a lot of kitchen stuff my mom was missing. None of my dad's tools were found. They said it was likely the guy sold those off. There was also bags containing food and bottles of water. The man was eventually caught trying to sell the circular saw that he had stolen. And as far as I know, went to jail. My parents immediately installed a security system and changed all the locks, and there were no signs that anyone had ever broken in. We moved a couple of years later when my mom got a promotion. I'll never forget that house or what happened there. I want to start this email by saying I don't believe in ghosts, but strange things have happened in my house since I bought it 10 years ago. I often hear voices when nobody else but me is in the house, and objects move around on their own. When I purchased the house, the realtor, who was a friend of mine, told me that a couple had died in the house, but I told her I wasn't deterred by the news. Bad things happen, it doesn't mean the house is haunted. This story comes from 2014. I had just bought some new wood to replace some planks on the deck that were rotten, and I had stowed the wood in the garage. When I heard the phone ringing inside the house, I closed the garage and took the back stairs that led from the deck into the kitchen. By the time I got inside, the phone had stopped ringing, but it smelled like someone had just been in my kitchen smoking a cigar. 
I could even see the faintest hint of smoke in the air. I live alone and cancer runs in my family, so I don't smoke. And there are no smokers in my family and nobody else was in the house. I checked from the top floor, it has three stories of the walk-in attic, to the basement and found no one. The house was empty. I experienced this several times over the course of a month. Another time, I woke up to the sound of someone knocking at the front door. I know the difference between the front and the back doors because the front door is solid mahogany and the back is fiberglass. I got up and went downstairs. I couldn't see anyone through the large glass panels on either side of the door, not even a shadow on the porch. I always kept my porch lit at night. When I got to the door, I looked through the peephole and there was nobody there. I couldn't hear anyone on the porch. There was no movement on the street, no cars, nothing. I went back to bed and before my head hit the pillow, the knocking came again. It was heavier this time, more insistent. Again, I went downstairs to check who could be knocking, and again, the porch was empty. This happened off and on for several weeks, then just stopped. That's the case with a lot of the phenomena I experience. It will happen for a couple of weeks or a month, and then it'll never happen again. One day I came home from work and I smelled smoke. The smell was so strong you would think the entire house was on fire. I called the fire department because I couldn't stay in the house because of the smell. I was worried that there maybe was a fire in the walls. The firefighters who arrived checked the entire house but couldn't find any fire and couldn't smell any smoke. I could still smell it so strongly it made me cough. They recommended I open the windows and air out the house as they could see nothing wrong. On a bright summer day, as I baked in the kitchen, I kept misplacing items. Whenever I'd set something down, it would be somewhere completely different when I found it again. It took me two hours to make the batter for oatmeal cookies. I wanted to add raisins, but I got them down from the cupboard and set them on the counter and never saw them again. I love my house and I would never dream of moving. Despite the activity, this place is my home. I've asked my realtor friend if she had any information about the people who died in the house, but she said she only knows that they died very close together. The wife's passing first and the husband a few months later. And that husband worked for the city. No additional information. My spirit guide has kept me out of trouble since I was pretty young, and I've always had a little voice in the back of my head telling me to stay away from situations that might be dangerous. For example, when I was four, I went looking for my father at our lake house. My mother wasn't awake, and I let myself out of the cottage and went down to the water. I walked to the end of the dock and stopped. My mother found me ten minutes later just standing there. When she asked me what I was doing, I said I was looking for dad, but someone told me not to walk any further. Of course, I was four, so I'm sure it wasn't quite articulate like that. Throughout my life, I'd had similar experiences where my guide has kept me from harm or danger. One incident in particular stands out. My friend's dad was big into his speedboat. On the weekends at the cottage, we'd hear him racing back and forth on the lake from morning until it got dark. One Saturday, I was hanging out with my friend when his dad came and asked if we wanted to go with him on the boat. My friend was excited and ran down to the dock. I was hesitant. Something told me not to get on that boat. I really wanted to go, but I suddenly felt very sick. I told my friend that I'd wait until he got back and sat on the dock with my feet in the water and watched as the boat sped away, feeling a little sad I wasn't going with them. Eventually, my parents came to collect me as it was getting later and I went back to our cabin with them. Our cabin was just down the street, but before we got there, several emergency vehicles sped past us. 
My parents and I ran back to my friend's cabin, as it seems like that's where they were heading. When we got there, my friend's dad was being loaded into an ambulance, and my friend was being examined by an EMT. His dad hit a rock going very fast, and both of them had been tossed out of the boat. My friend's dad hit his head, and my friend had nearly broken his arm. Nobody was killed, thankfully, but if my guide had not told me to stay on the shore, I could have gotten seriously hurt. I'm now 53 and still get messages from my spirit guide. It continues to keep me safe. I haven't told anyone this, but sometimes I wake up at night and I see a dark figure in my room. He wears a hat with a wide brim and I can't make out his face. I don't know why he comes or what he wants, but I always feel afraid when I see him. I hear whispers like my room is filled with lots of voices. Sometimes I sleep at my mate's flat because I don't want to go home. On Halloween night in 1993, my friends and I went to what we considered to be the rich part of town. We live in California and the bigger houses in the rich areas always give out the best treats. It was getting later and some of my friends, 10 of us in all, said they had to go home soon. We went out together so we decided to go home together as well. Around 9.30, we walked up the driveway to a big house in Pasadena. There were pillars and a fountain in the yard. We all lived in small apartments, so this house was really impressive. We knocked, but we didn't get an answer. Then we saw a bowl on a chair with a sign saying, help yourselves. There were full-size candy bars and cans of soda. We each took what we wanted and headed back down the driveway. When we got almost to the end, we heard rustling in the bushes on the other side of the fence. We all stopped as we were startled, but we figured it was the homeowner trying to pull a Halloween trick on us. After a few seconds, there was no other sound. We kept walking. We then heard laughing and saw three guys come out of the bushes and go get in the parked car on the side of the road. I guess they got out to take a piss in the bushes. In the light of the street lamp, it looked like they had blood on them and their clothes, but it was Halloween, not out of the ordinary. We found out later that there had been a murder just up the street, and the guys getting back in the car had done it. Eight boys were coming back home from a Halloween party and were shot by a gang member because one of the boys had a blue bandana in his pocket. I think three boys were killed outright, and the guys that did it, the ones me and my friends saw, got caught. I'll never forget that Halloween. My parents were reluctant to let me go trick-or-treating the next year because of it. My grandfather and I were really close. We had a lot in common and shared a name. When he died, I was heartbroken. He had some medical issues over the last few years of his life, and the end had come fairly quickly. It wasn't a surprise when he passed. On the day he died, I wasn't able to get to the hospital to say my goodbyes because I was at work and couldn't get away. There was a major project concluding. I work in IT, so I had to be at work to make sure that there was no connectivity issues. When I got home, my wife told me my grandmother had called to let us know about the funeral arrangements and a special evening planned in honor of my grandfather's military participation at the Legion. He was being remembered along with several others in his platoon. That weekend, we attended the memorial at the Legion and my grandfather's funeral. It was a small affair, a few friends, but mostly family. I remember being depressed because I hadn't had the time to visit him in the hospital to say goodbye. And I went to bed that evening feeling emotionally exhausted. 
I fell asleep on the sofa after dinner. I woke up around 2 in the morning, feeling like there was someone else in the room. My wife had gone up to bed, and the house was dark except for the small light over the stove. As my eyes came into focus, I realized someone was sitting in the chair across from me. I felt a panicked feeling settle into the pit of my stomach, and I got up quickly, stumbling backwards to reach for the light on the side table to my left. Instead of turning on the light, I knocked it over and it smashed on the floor. When I looked up to see where my potential intruder was, I realized he was still sitting in the chair. The more I focused on his face, the more it became clear. It was my grandfather. I felt the most overwhelming feeling of peace come over me, and I sat back on the sofa just staring at him. He didn't say a word, but I could sense that he was at peace. He was smiling at me the way he always did, and I got the sense that he had come to let me know everything was okay and that he was in a better place. As I sat there, he began to disappear until I couldn't see him anymore. My wife, no doubt hearing the crash from downstairs, came into the room to check on me. I didn't tell her what I saw, only that I had knocked over the lamp in my sleep. I was never a believer in the paranormal, but I certainly am now. I'm Edward October, and I'm here at the October Pod Ranch in the Great Smoky Mountains. Almost every night here, there's a ghost story party around the campfire. In my family, we believe that scary stories are best told around a roaring fire with a bottle of wine. That's why bold individualists everywhere choose October Pod for their retro horror thrills. Our stories are so good because they're told with such care, understated, moody, and above all, chilling. Why don't you join us for retro horror of impeccable taste? Choose Octoberpod. Find us on YouTube or at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. <laughs>